Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. Well, you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Mm-hmm. So... By now, I think you've heard the news. Deshaun Watson is out for the remainder of the year. Watson has spoken. Andrew Berry has spoken. The medical community has spoken. And there's just a lot to it. Um, The crazy part about it is he's coming off a game where he was terrible in the first half, outstanding in the second half, and apparently in that second half, he was playing with this broken shoulder. Um, we, we also know that, you know, whether it's real or Tom Pelissero using his agent's words, he supposedly wanted to continue playing, was willing to shoot up his shoulder. I have been a Watson defender from this perspective only. Okay. I can't defend what he was alleged to have done or the payments that are made out to, to make the off the field stuff go away. But as a football player, in terms of his desire to play, 
long before he came out and said, like, why wouldn't I want to play? I've, I've worked my tail off to get back on the football field. Long before he said that, I was like, look, there, there's no – the reason people uh, think it's a terrible contract is not because they think he's not motivated. It was just he was terrible. He wasn't very good, you know? And I think the – the on the field, off the field, the what's going on with my shoulder thing. I think there was a lot of frustration there. Now, I, I guess one of my questions is, is this what was bothering his shoulder the whole year? Or is this simply a new injury? And then there's the because the first thing that comes to my mind is once you go in on that shoulder, regardless of how non-invasive a procedure may be, you don't know what it's going to be like when he comes out and he hasn't been throwing the ball. Up until really the second half of that game, and even then, you know, he hadn't thrown the ball nearly as well as he did earlier in his career. Now you have shoulder surgery. I mean, is it possible that he he, he starts the Cam Newton downward spiral in terms of his throwing? You know, when Cam hurt his shoulder, he changed his motion. He was never the same as a thrower. And, and yes, I know Deshaun Watson was a better thrower of the football than Cam Newton. I'm, I, I understand that. They're different quarterbacks. But, but the point remains, you go in and fix somebody's shoulder, and it could fix the shoulder but screw up the throwing motion or the ability to throw a football. So you have to at least, in terms of the percentage chances of it happening, there's a, I don't know what it is, you'd have to go at minimum 10%. And maybe maximum 40% chance that he never throws the football the same ever again. So that that's a hard one to calculate. And then there's the, hey, they're going to, they've had, you know, two quarterbacks back there. And the, the choice is going to be DTR, played at UCLA. He's a rookie uh, who's a good athlete, but. When he got to start this year, it wasn't great. And now you're going against Pittsburgh Steelers, who they have their own offensive issues, but defensively they do not. You know, here the here the Browns are coming off of their biggest win of the year. They're in they're in position as of now to be a playoff team, and yet what's the likelihood at six and three that they finish the season with this? In, in, maybe, you know, maybe this is Stavansky's best coaching job because they do have. They have Steelers at home, and it's not like the Steelers can run away and hide. So if you just don't turn it over, you give yourself a chance. Then you got the Broncos, and we can say whatever we want about the Broncos winning these games. Does anybody think the Broncos are great? No, I do not. Then the Rams. They still have the Bears. They still have the Jets. So if you simply, if you just beat the Broncos, Rams, Bears, and Jets, that's 10 wins. That's, that's a playoff appearance. Even if you lose to the Bengals, the Texans, the Jags, the Steelers, you win five of those games, lock. Lock to be in the playoffs at 11. So I think it's a really interesting thing. And then, of course, you got you got to discuss, all right, if you didn't think it was the worst contract of all time previously, now you do. Because he's going to come back and play, and we don't know how effective he'll be, but you have 11 games so far in Two years, $91 million, 11 games. You know, we're, we're talking $8.5 million a game. That's nuts. And then there's still three years guaranteed at the end of this year 
at major money, you know, in the $50 million variety. So you got him on the books. He's going to try and come back and play. So you got to kind of keep that seat open. It means, and you're not going to be a, have a low first round pick. I'm sure some of this is to develop DTR to maybe be the heir apparent because they have to find a way to have a guy ready in case one, he doesn't come back, but two, more likely he does come back, but he's not that guy anymore. Here's Deshaun Watson talking about his injury. I'm going to be working with some great doctors and great staff that's dealt with this process before uh, with a lot of professional baseball guys and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, I come back, you know, even better than before. Here's Deshaun talking about it being just one more obstacle. It's very frustrating, but it's part of life. What I've been able to, to deal with, you know, in my 28 years of, of my life is just another stone that's, that's in the way. And, um, you know, I have faith in myself and my Lord that, you know, I'm going to overcome it. So, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be straight and um, I'm going to get through it for sure. Watson said this about pushing himself as far as he could. All the experts and, and doctors was the ones that told me that it was it was no chance. So uh, you know, I pushed as far as I possibly could to you know get back out there and just try to play and, and try to push it towards after the season. But I think the best situation for I guess longevity in my career is is to be able to get immediate surgery, and that's what all the experts said. So you know, I gotta I gotta follow their their footsteps and, and go from there. It's Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Deshaun Watson, who we found out today is out for the year with a broken bone in his shoulder. Here's the general manager of the, of the Cleveland Browns, Andrew Berry, on what the team aims to do with the quarterback room. We feel good about the room. It's football. Guys do get hurt, you know, you know, playing it. You know, like I said, we're going to move forward the room and, and continue to win games. We will at some point add a, you know, add a third quarterback that can have a variety of, of forms, but our focus is on our current room. That's, that's an interesting one. Right, we're we're gonna have we're gonna add a quarterback, but we're good with where we are. We're good with where we are. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I have been the guy who's delivered the bad news to people about this contract. If you remember last year when Lamar Jackson or this offseason when Lamar Jackson wanted a Deshaun Watson contract, it was like. You're not getting it. And it's not because of the idea of a lack of motivation. It's not because of anything other than you're in a sport where, I mean, this is a perfect example. Like he took a couple hard hits in the first half and you can see online or whatever your social media you want. You put Deshaun Watson hit shoulder and you can see the, the hit where he was kind of sandwiched that it could be the hit that ultimately did all this damage. But it wasn't like it's the most violent hit of all time. It wasn't like his shoulder was separated or broken in half or he was maimed in any way. He was just hit hard, and yet that's, that's the reason. You're in an incredibly violent sport that can only protect you so much. And as big and strong as Deshaun Watson is, look at how much he's been hurt. And look at how much he is hurt. And then you have performance guys' performance dropping off after a quality year, quality two years, whatever. So it's the injury, it's performance, it's going to be the last of its kind, or at least in the next, uh, in the next five years to ten years or so, in terms of the, the the overall years guaranteed on that deal. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It is a Wednesday. It's the middle of the show. 
middle of the week, middle of the day. Reminder, the In the Bonus podcast is live at the top of next hour. Just type in Doug Gottlieb Show for your podcast. And then In the Bonus Hour, completely unfiltered, uncensored, uncouth. In the meantime, let's get to the midway. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle. The Midway. I dare Dan Beyer. Um, I was thinking, watching the highlights of that fight last night, that the headlock or the sleeper hold alone, that's a pretty memorable thing. Plus, it's Draymond Green. So, my question to you guys is, most memorable fight you can think of? The Midway. There are a Danny? bunch. There are yeah. a bunch. Ah. Uh, Okay, most memorable to me is Alonzo Mourning Larry Johnson. He because kicks, be, be, because uh, Van Gundy was grabbing onto one of their feet? Not only that, but also because of the era that we come from, that these were once teammates in Charlotte. Yeah. And now, and, and we're talking about how often would we say, I'd never want to get in a fight with Larry Johnson. Yes. Or I'd never want to get in a fight with Alonzo Mourning. Yes. And those two start to, you know, throw punches. Um, that is the one that stands out to me the most. Hmm. Um, okay, I got one. Uh, what was the name? Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson. Yes. Right where Cortland Finnegan was was that he was that guy that everybody wanted to fight in the NFL. And Andre Johnson at the time, you know, later on in his career, you saw a little bit more ego, a little bit more talking, but. He was the one University of Miami wide receiver who just did his business, and it wasn't it wasn't a look at me thing. And then he just went crazy and got in a fight with him. That, that's a memorable one to me. Jay Stu, what do you think? My mind goes to baseball. Um, I think that I think Nolan Ryan, um, or I'm sorry, Robin Ventura, uh, hitting oh, Nolan yeah. Ryan several times with his head, <laughs> hitting his fist many times with his head. That that was that was an all timer, but. Um, I do remember uh, Yankees, Red Sox, and Jason Veritek, and all that happened there. That wasn't just a benches clearing, posturing thing. There were there were maneuverings. There were there were there was interesting things going on. And of course, the lasting image is that cowherd, that cow cowherd, <laughs> that cowherd. <laughs> Pedro Martinez tossing like 80-year-old Don Zimmer onto the turf. (laughs) That one sticks out the most, probably. I I do. I remember that. Don Zimmer just was so lovable at the time, but he also looked like Yoda. The Midway. And I mean, literally looked like Yoda, like like a a white version of Yoda. And uh, and Pedro Martinez, who he does not look like, you know, the the most. uh, physical, physically imposing s- specimen threw him down. Uh, Chris Perfett, favorite fight you can remember? Well, being from the Detroit area and being a Pistons fan all my life, uh, we celebrate the anniversary of the Malice of the Palace. I don't sure. know if celebrate's the right word, but it's it's remembered every year. And how could you not that it takes you know one beer, one cup of beer thrown from the from the bleachers to hit Ron Artest sleeping on an announcer's table, getting people getting guys brawling with fans, brawling with each other. I think someone got a broom out. One of the Pacers got a broom and was like wielding it like a spear. At one point, it was like a push broom. It was just unbelievable. It changed everything overnight. Malice, utter, utter and complete chaos. Do you now to honor it? I know that they tore the palace down, but 
do you still throw things like on that site every year at that day to honor? <laughs> no, no. The, I uh, think like, they chuck a beer from thirty yards away and. They chuck octopuses at uh, Red Wings games, but I don't think I, I think well, maybe we should start. Maybe it should be a pistons. new tradition, mm. you know. But that was truly a one-off. I mean, guys going into the stands. I I remember one of the lasting images was just how Stephen Stephen Jackson was landing haymakers to pain fans. Like we haven't, we never saw it up to that point. I don't think we haven't seen it since. And remember the the comment from David Stern when he was handing down the punishment was Stephen Jackson was not acting as a peacemaker <laughs> and over B-roll of him just wailing on these fans. That it was it was an incredible moment, incredible in all the. Wrong I'll ways. never forget the Pistons fans, the guys who came on the court and squared up with our test. Oh yeah, like yeah. one of them is wearing like a Rip Hamilton jersey. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, like you've just found yourself and you can't run. The Palace, the Palace had this reputation of playoffs during that time of just being really hard to play in, and that one just boiled over. And the only thing I can think that ever came close to that, Dan, was when Quentin Jefferson tried to get into the stands to fight Jaguars fans <laughs> after someone said something. To do, do, you, do you guys, you guys remember the? There's, there's two football fights I remember with teams. FIU took on Miami. That was a really ugly oh, one. Yeah. Oh, that was ugly. Who was yeah. the announcer? I thought it was Lamar Thomas. Lamar Thomas. Lamar Thomas, yeah. <laughs> Who wanted to go down there, yeah, right? He, this is what happens on. when you come to the U. You come yeah, across that yeah. ocean. And then the other one was South Carolina and Clemson. That was Lou Holtz's last game. Yeah. Lou Holtz's last game as a head coach. They played, and they didn't get to play the bowl game because of it. Wasn't there a brawl in a, I think it was a Bengals-Steelers playoff game involving Joey Porter on the sidelines somewhere? Man, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Vontez Perfect was involved as well. I'm just trying to remember the date off the top of my head, and I'm drawing a blank. I'll, I'll tell you, I think I think that the Nolan Ryan and the Malice at the Palace are like like the, the the true like top top shelf. But I've got two others that I love, and I the Rugnetto door to Jose Bautista just be it was just one punch. That was great. But also when Amir Garrett of the Reds. Yeah. fought the entire Pittsburgh Pirates dugout. And I even brought it up on YouTube because I remember how awesome it actually was. He had no backup. Everybody was behind him and challenged the entire dugout. He took out like four Pirates in one swing. It was like 25 on one at one point in Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> remember it well. Yeah. I remember it. Remember it well. Um Another one-off that I the midway that I don't think we're ever going to see again either, and we never saw it up to that point was Jim Rome in '94. Yeah, yeah. An athlete going after a commentator on live TV. That we we lose sight of just how strange that was. <laughs> yes. Well, obviously that that one that one that one strikes the court personally. I tell you what, in the NBA Finals, Gary Seesting was like six feet tall. He went after Ralph Sampson. They both got thrown out of the game. That one was a memorable one to me. How about if you're going to stay in Detroit, uh, Wings Avalanche? After the, oh, yeah. the, it was it the season after the Draper hit? Sure. Um, you know Patrick Waz getting into it was it him and was it him and Claude Osgood Le- or that that ended up fighting the two goalies? Yeah. Fighted, but yeah, it was Claude Lemieux's hit on Chris Draper that was the reason. But then it was uh, Darren McCarty uh, also getting in on Claude Lemieux and. 
Yeah, yeah it was good you stuff. had like Claude Mignu doubled over trying to like protect himself on the ice as they were just wailing away. That was an actual fight in hockey. Uh, Rugnet Odor, right? Remember that one? Um, yeah, I, I remember I, it when I mentioned it 90 seconds oh, ago. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, my, my brain, I, it's so weird because I'm I'm picturing the Draper one. I remember when we were discussing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, what sport have we not hit on? Get it? Hit on? Uh, sorry, that was terrible. Mm, we got hockey. We got college football. We got NFL. We got NBA. Well, it'll be for another day, Doug. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, uh, we got a lot to get to. We'll talk about the Draymond Green fight upcoming in a second. Plus, we got the press upcoming. A reminder, the In the Bonus podcast, top of next hour. This show, by the way, is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection, just one place. Bundle and save, Progressive.com. So, Dan, as you mentioned, uh, we talked about earlier in the show, Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert got into it last night. They were actually both sort of acting like peacemakers, and it ends up it ends up becoming Draymond Green with the sleeper hold on Rudy Gobert, American on French crime. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert talked ish afterwards. Draymond pretended to not think it was that big a deal. And here we are again. Um, in terms of holds, I do think the sleeper hold, obviously, you know, you were anybody who's watching there sitting there kind of laughing, going like, put him to sleep, put him to sleep. I'm a little brother. So this one does. Uh, really, it cuts me deep. It's I got some PTSD from it. You know, I got some PTSD from it, which is very, very simply, okay, very simply, um, my brother used to put me in a sleeper hold. Now, there's also the suplex. Um, there's other holds, you know, that if you kind of look at, at wrestling holds. I, I don't know if you guys had, um, if you guys had big brothers, but I was I was thinking about this last night. There's the camel clutch, right? There's the there's the step over arm lock camel clutch. There's the chin lock, the claw hold. Uh, what else was there? There's the cross face. Oh, do you remember the cross face? Yeah, the late Chris uh, Benoit's uh, uh, crippler cross face. Yeah, that that uh, involved an arm trap. I'm, I'm just thinking of there was the fish hook. You ever seen the fish hook? Yeah. So many different, so many different ones. The head scissors, you know. There's the half Nelson, the full Nelson, uh, the step over toe hold face lock, which is the STF. S. There's the STS. But the old fashioned sleeper hold is like, I was sitting there going like, is is Rudy Gobert going to go to sleep? The other part to it is obvious. Like we were bound for a Draymond blow up. We got the Draymond blow up. It's almost like you can set your watch to it. And there is a certain WWE heel to him. It's just, it's really hard to take any of this seriously when it happens every year. You know? It's really hard to overreact and act like this is some big thing and Steve Kerr defending his guys and whatever. Like, it happens every year. I mean, I I know the NBA isn't scripted. I know this isn't planned. But... I mean, think of the things that have already happened this year. James Harden sits out, doesn't go to training camp, demands to be traded, is in fact traded. Happens every year, right? Happens every year. Um, you know, Draymond, Draymond Green, you know, getting into some sort of kerfuffle, 
Last year with a teammate, this year with Rudy Gobert. Now, all of a sudden, there'll be a suspension, and people choose sides, and we talk about him like a WWE character. Happens every year. You know? Um, it, you, like, le, again, le, like LeBron James needing a third super third star right, when, again, I, I think we're all realistic of who LeBron is at 39. But, like, if you want to sell me in LeBron and still being one of the 10 best players, how come they won without him? And how come with him on his own team, he can't, you know, with and without Anthony Davis, they can't. And why do they need a third superstar? You know, it's, it's not like we're – so these things happen every year. Like, I can't freak out about it. I actually refuse to freak out about it. I refuse to, to go down the path of it. If you sign up for Draymond, you're the Golden State Warriors – you stick with Draymond after the Jordan Poole, which I, I think does, even in hindsight, look like it was the right decision. Jordan Poole's still doing Jordan Poole things, running hot and cold as a player, running hot and cold as a teammate, etc. Like, all that stuff makes sense. But if you sign up to keep Draymond Green, you go all in on him, that's what you get. It's going to happen every year. He's going to run up on the, the, the technical foul limit by the end of the year and run the risk of being suspended. That's who Draymond is. And on many levels, it does feel like it's not just that this is taking him and setting him up for his post-career career, but it also feels like um, a continuing evolution of a guy who can't play as well anymore and now it's about the intimidation now it's about the theatrics I say this every year when we get to the playoffs you run up on an older team and they're going to lose what do they always try and do? Fight because it can get guys off their games and maybe it works but the only dudes that fight consistently are the ones that can't play anymore Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app what up with your Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a spectacular day. Rainy in Southern California. I'm actually in Chicago where it's beautiful, sunny fall day, brisk, clear. I can see the Sears Tower where uh, Ferris Bueller spent part of his day off. We're at the studios, TireRack.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. And by the way, um, Shohei Otani wants secrecy, secrecy, sworn to secrecy in his uh, in, in his um, contract discussions as a free agent. So I just, I, I, you know, we're all in the real world here. We know how how things get things get leaked. You do just wonder if something were to get leaked and he wants to cut that team out if it wasn't leaked by an opposing team or by somebody who doesn't like the team who he's actually negotiating with. Just a thought. Uh, the big news of the day is Deshaun Watson out for the year. Had a shoulder injury. We knew of previously that he was playing through. Didn't play well in the first half. Played really well in the second half. Comeback win against the... Um, against the Cincinnati Bengals, right? No, no the Bengals was the, the Texans, excuse me, um, against the Baltimore Ravens. And then we find out he's got a broken bone in his shoulder and they've shut him down for the year. He's going to have shoulder surgery. And uh, also we found out that DTR is, um, is going to get the start. So a lot of interesting things in Cleveland. And of course, the discussion about the contract, the trade that brought him to Cleveland, 
all of that. Let, let's welcome in Daniel Jeremiah, NFL analyst, of course, um, one of the hosts of Move the Sticks, an outstanding podcast you can see on the NFL Network. He also calls Charger Games. Whew, we'll get to them in a, in, in a second. DJ, let, let's start with the news. Deshaun Watson finally looks sort of like Deshaun Watson, and then we find out he's out for the year. What's your reaction? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bummer for the Browns because I think they finally got a glimpse of what they – thought they were getting when they when they signed that contract you're playing in a big game uh against the baltimore ravens you're down you need to come back and he was nearly flawless there in the second half um so yeah it's a that's a tough one for them in terms of what they do going forward i mean i I like the fact they're going with dtr i think that you know everybody has to find their formula They're, they're a great defensive team doug and if you can now Say, look, we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're basically Navy. You know, we're gonna run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We're gonna shorten games. We're gonna play great defense, and we're gonna rely on DTR to, you know, make a couple plays with his legs, and then maybe we'll set up some shots down the field. But you know, we're, we are going to be a run team. Yeah, or be Michigan. I mean, like Michigan last week in the second yeah, half. Yeah, exactly. 30, maybe that's 32, a more updated version. There 30, you go. 32 consecutive runs. Um, uh, well, can we? How did the Chargers allow eight plays of 20 or more yards to the Lions? I would say there's a lot of – it's a long answer, but I'll give you a simple one. When you're watching the tape, Doug, and after the ball is snapped, if you count the number of points um, in terms of not points on the board but points with fingers, you got them, I got them, he's got them, nobody's got them. Like, there's too much – there's too much – communication required after the ball's been snapped and if you're like if you're pointing it's because either i'm not sure what i'm doing or i'm not sure you know what you're doing like there's just not confidence there in terms of where guys are supposed to be what their assignment is and they're cutting guys loose um it hasn't just hasn't been very sound so i mean that's the uh that's kind of a quick answer the other one is it's a matchup league and it's been too many times where we've seen other teams be able to get their best on guys that are you know, that aren't only not your best, but they're probably some of your, your worst in terms of your coverage guys, and you're putting them in bad spots. So, you know, it's something that it's got to get figured out. It's got to get fixed because, you know, the Tyson Bajans, the Zach Wilson-led offenses, those aren't the offenses you're going to see when you're trying to get into the postseason and make a dent. You've got to be able to play better against these better offenses. Is it, I mean, but can you fix it mid-year? I think you can fix some of it just by simplifying, you know, and instead the easy answer is, okay, more man coverage. The other answer is just line up and play it. You know, I, I, I love talking to you because I, I like tapping into the cross sports stuff as well. And it's just, you know, there's, there's, you watch basketball games and, and there's teams that, that switch stuff and they're really good at it. And they understand it. They communicate it. They all see the same thing. And there's other teams you like, dude, just, you got to fight through, you know, where that's not who we are. We're not good at that. Just line up and play them and go. I mean, it's bad, and it doesn't. It's like not getting better. <laughs> I mean, no, well, not disguised. It got because they played because they really, played, really well against the Jets and the Bears, and that's not real life. I don't know if they played that well against the Bears. Bears are stink, and he had some guys open that he missed. Um, and, True, you know, that's what I'm they, saying. And, they got away with that. Yes, yeah, and and the same with the Jets. I mean, he, they're just they're just bad. Uh, what about the Lions? What's your impression of the Lions moving forward? I don't. I don't think that the the defense is you know there yet. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's a great player. I think they've got some other good players, but I think they need more. They need more blue chip guys on that side of the ball. The offense is as advertised. The offensive line is excellent. 
Um, they're well-coordinated. They're well-schemed. Golf on time and structure is very accurate, very good, and it's hard to get pressure on them, you know, um, because of, of the job they've done building up that offensive line. And Gibbs is a difference maker. You know, he's he's one of the reasons why when guys are coming out into the draft and we look about running backs and how high you take running backs, there's some guys that don't really belong in the running back category. Right. Um, he's just kind of a playmaker. Um, so you put him in that category, whether you can throw it to him, you can pitch it to him, whatever you want to do. He can, he can create explosives, and he sure as heck did in that one. Is there a way to change the way in which pass interference is called? Because if you look at how that the 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 Broncos won that game, and I want to talk about the disorganization with the with the Bills and getting yeah. off the field and having eleven guys. But I mean, that ball was so underthrown. I know you're it so, for it. It's, you're rewarded for a terribly thrown ball, and for a guy that all he's doing is busting his tail to stay even with a wide receiver. Is there any way to change how that play is officiated? I don't. I don't know. I mean, it would put it would. And put everything in such a judgment position. I mean, I guess you could say, what, what if you did, you know, it's 10 or 15 yards for pass interference on a terrible, uncatchable throw, uh, and it's the it's the spot of the foul on a on a quote unquote catchable ball. You know, maybe that's maybe that's something you could do. But again, now you, there's a lot of gray in there. Okay, I, I'm I'm interested though in the Broncos. Like I I'm not a buyer yet. Yeah. Yet. They just went to Buffalo and won, and previous to that, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I and we could say like, "Hey, Mahomes was sick," and we could say, "Hey, Josh Allen, that thing is a mess," and he forced, he did, he lost the game just like he did against the Jets, right? Trying to force things, mm-hmm. but they still won those games. What are your impressions of the Broncos? Well, I, look, Sean Payton's a good coach, and we all gave him, uh, at least I did, a hard time. You know, when you go at another coach the way he did with Hackett, which everybody I think would probably agree was accurate. You just don't say it. It's right. Kind of, you know, that's well, right. kind of a bush league move. And then they're struggling early. But look, the guys, the guy knows the formula, and he knows the formula of how they need to win games. And I think they threw it thirty, or they ran it thirty-eight times. I want to say in that game, maybe threw it twenty-four, twenty-seven times somewhere on there. Like that's the Russ. That's always been like the Russell Wilson formula when he's been playing well and teams are winning. That he's been on. They've been run teams, and he's been efficient, and he's been good in the red zone, and that's what they're doing. Um, and so it's made Russell Wilson look much better. The offense looks much better. They have more of a physical kind of identity with how they're running the ball, and not yards necessarily. I think they're under four carry. Uh, but it's it's attempts. It's, we're staying committed to it. We're going to be physical. Um, and then the defense, Doug, that didn't make any sense. When they gave up seventy uh, against the Dolphins, and we we said it at the time, like there's no that defense is one of the best in the league last year. There's way too many good players, especially in the secondary, for them to be playing that bad. And Vance Joseph, I think going back to our previous comment about the Chargers, I think Vance Joseph simplified and just let his players play. And now you're, you're seeing a, a defense looks a lot like what we've seen over the last few years in Denver. Um, okay, you can't get an easier start as a coach than the Giants losing their quarterback and the Jets, who, if you don't turn it over, can't beat you. Uh, but what's your level of buy into the Raiders with Antonio Pierce? Well, he's done a good job. I mean, I think it was going to be beneficial to whoever was getting that job because it seemed like there was just a sense of relief that it was change, um, that there was a thirst for that change, not only um, – didn't sound like it was just the players maybe uh, throughout the building. They were just ready for a, a change there. So he got the benefit there of being that guy. And, and as you mentioned, those aren't great opponents that they just beat. But they played with energy. They played with passion. Um, 
and they found a way to get it done. And it's not like they're playing, you know, with a stud quarterback either. I mean, they're out there rolling Aiden O'Connell out there as a rookie, you know, trying to find his way. And they and they, you know, they won two ball games. There's nothing to sneeze at. So I, I don't think they have viability long term this year. I don't think in a loaded AFC that they can really stack up. Um, but no, I give Antonio Pierce credit for for getting them organized and playing with a heck of a lot of passion and energy. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud. I wouldn't say I was down on him, but you know, it's it's hard with Ohio State. They're so much better, so much more talented at wide receiver than most of the teams they play. You're throwing to guys who are running wide open, and he's had great wide receivers. And you know, up until the college football playoff, he didn't show the mobility, and he was good last year, but he wasn't great. I've been impressed. I've been impressed. Now, look, they had a 10-point lead, and he nearly gave away that. He did give away that 10-point lead, but then they found a way to win it, and we've seen kind of a pattern there of him being really good in these important moments. What were your thoughts on, remind me, where did you have Stroud when he was coming out, and what are your thoughts now that we've seen a half season of his work? Yeah, I had him as my number two. So he was the second pick. He was my number two quarterback. Um, but, in, look, we have the evidence now. Clearly, he should have been the you know, should have been my first pick. It should have been the first pick in the draft. Basically. What what what, what was holding you back from liking him more than Bryce? I thought Bryce had a little more playmaker to him, mm-hmm. um, and I saw Stroud do that. And the uh, as you mentioned in the game against Georgia, and there were some others where he did as well. But I just thought there was a little more you know kind of some of that special magic to uh, to Bryce Young. I thought Bryce Young was a good thrower. Um, you know, but if I go back and you always go back and it's like, uh, I always think of it as like, you know, you're doing like an autopsy on a bad decision for me personally. So I go back and look at my notes and I, I start connecting the dots and I go, okay, Stroud had, he had the size that you look for. Start there. He's got the, you know, big time arm talent, not just arm strength, but I, th- I thought he was the best pure thrower. I said it at the combine. I said it was the best throwing session that I've seen at the combine in terms of every type of throw. I've seen guys throw harder. I've seen guys throw farther. I've never seen somebody throw with the perfect pace that's required for every throw, trajectory, anticipation, all that stuff, throwing to guys you don't know. So the, the arm stuff was, was special. And then, I okay, well then, toughness, okay, he checks that box. He's really, really tough. And then talking to people at Ohio State, they said he was kind of a, a maniac competitor. So in, you're looking at that, you're putting all that stuff together, and I'm like, gosh, I probably should have connected those dots and had him as my top quarterback. And I, I probably put too much stock in the fact that you know, ah, I don't know how much you know how much can this guy you know make happen that's not on the play call, what's on the sheet. Can he play outside, color outside the lines? And he showed you in that Georgia game, if you can do it once, you can do it. And I should have uh, I should have put more stock into that. You and me, you and me both, brother. You and me both. Uh, that's Daniel Jeremiah, always accountable. And we're able to kind of adjust our thoughts as we have more data. DJ, you're the best, man. Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate you, buddy. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center, 
Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.